Well, I want to echo that. Happy Father's Day to all the dads who are joining us today. And I hope, I hope today is an awesome day for all of you dads. Listen, a number of years ago, Paul Harvey recorded this thing about dads. And I just wanted to share it with you. I thought it was so good. This is what he said about fathers. He said, a father is a creature that is forced to endure childbirth without any anesthesia. A father growls when he feels good and he laughs when he's scared to death. A father never feels worthy of the worship in his child's eyes. He's never quite the hero his daughter thinks he is. And he's never quite the man his son believes him to be. And this worries him sometimes. So he works too hard to try to smooth the rough places in the road for those of his own who follow him. A father gets very angry when the school grades aren't as good as he thinks they should be. So he scolds his son, though he knows it's the teacher's fault. The father gives his daughter away to another man who is not nearly good enough. But he does it so that he can have grandchildren who are smarter than anybody else's. A father makes bets with the insurance companies about who will live the longest. One day, he loses. And the bet is paid off to those he leaves behind. If you had a father like the one Paul Harvey was describing, you know that you were blessed. And if you're a dad who's joining us today, I want to talk to you about being a dad like that. Being a godly father. A father who makes an eternal difference in the lives of his kids, in, his, in the life of his wife, and in the lives of those around him. I want to talk about some of the key traits of a godly dad. Trait number one. A godly dad is a man of prayer, praise, and thanksgiving. A godly dad has priorities in, his priorities in order. It's a priority for him to spend time with God. So he carves out daily time to pray and to read the word of God. He always makes time for he and his family to worship God with the, with the people of God. He aligns with the Apostle Paul's words in 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, starting with verse 16. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Prayer, praise, and thanksgiving are important to a godly dad because they emphasize the vital impact of a continual relationship with God which the godly dad knows is essential for growing spiritually. And that's also also the example he wants to set for his family. Trait number two. A godly dad is a man who knows whose he is. He's a child of God. 1 John chapter 3 verse 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. You know, when I was in junior high school, my dad had a talk with me one day. Very, very serious talk. We covered a number of topics. Things like not using drugs and 
not abusing alcohol and obeying the laws of the land. Most of the things that we talked about were stuff that I could have gotten arrested for. You kind of get the idea of the conversation. One of the things he said to me is, son, the drinking age in Iowa is 21. So if you're underage, so if you're caught drinking, you're probably going to get arrested. And then he said this, Wilkinson's don't do that. And that resonated with me. Not that we were better than anybody else, but we had a standard. The conversation left a deep impression on me. I valued being part of this family, the Wilkinson family. And the Wilkinson name meant something to my parents, and that seemed to resonate with me. And from that day forward, it meant something to me also. See, a Christian dad knows the heavenly family that he is part of, God's family, of which makes him a child of God. And he knows the importance of that. And one of the key points in this talk is being a child of God is where your value comes from. Value isn't from how many points you score in the game or how much money you make during a certain year or even how good looking you are. Even if the world says you're awesome, I caution you not to believe it. Ask any old superstar or former starlet and they'll tell you that flattery is fickle. It feels nice at the time, but don't draw your value from it because it won't last very long. At a recent passion conference, Christian rapper and recording artist Lecrae shared a story of how he was visiting Beverly Hills one day and he needed a simple cotton t-shirt. So he went to a regular department store in Beverly Hills, and I'm not sure that in Beverly Hills there's such a thing as a regular department store, but you get what I'm, what I'm saying. And while he was there, he was looking at the price tag of one of these t-shirts, just one t-shirt, and he thought, oh, they must have mixed up the tags and put the wrong one on this shirt. So he went and grabbed another one, and it was the same price. Are you ready? $640 for one t-shirt. He couldn't believe it. He grabbed a salesperson and he asked, all right, you got to explain to me why this t-shirt is 640 bucks. I mean, is there some type of healing that you get when you put it on? Or, you know, I mean, some, something crazy about this shirt, right? Help me understand why this shirt costs $640. Well, the salesperson said, oh, it's all about the designer. The designer's name is there on the shirt. And that's what gives it its value. It's valuable because of who designed it. You see, the shirt's value wasn't determined by what color it was or what size it was. It's when the shirt is connected to a certain designer that that gives it tremendous value. You know, similarly, our value comes from our relationship with God. When we put our faith in Jesus and we're baptized into Christ... That relationship is where our value comes from. Trait number three. A godly dad is a man who knows the Bible. The godly man knows that there are many reasons to know the Bible. But there are three very important ones I want to share today. Reason number one. The Bible prevents sin. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. 
when we know the truth of God's word, it can actually reduce sin in our life. It keeps us from going in that direction. It reminds us of the truth that's there because it's in our mind, it's in our heart. So a godly man will learn and memorize as much scripture as he can in order to eliminate sin from his life as best he can. Reason number two, the Bible enriches your life. Why is it important to know the Bible? It enriches your life. Psalm 19, verse 8 says, The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The Bible reveals the abundant life that Jesus said he came so that we might have. The more we learn and the more it draws us to God, the more it refreshes our souls. Reason number three. The Bible is God-breathed. Now hang with me here. The Bible is God-breathed. Paul told Timothy about this value of Scripture in 2 Timothy 3.16. He said, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All Scripture is God-breathed, Paul said, which means that the Bible actually originated with God And it came from his breath, or what most scholars believe, his spirit. The Bible is the result of God's actions. He wanted us to know the contents of this book. So God sent us a book. He sent us a letter. He sent us this communication. So if God sends us a communication, the godly man realizes that we should read it, understand it, and apply it. If God sent it, certainly he wants us to know it. Trait number four. A godly dad is a man who knows that the way he speaks matters. When I was a kid, I was told that sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt you. But I soon learned that that was wrong. I mean, really wrong. There are times when words do more damage than any stick or stone could ever could ever land. A broken bone will heal in six weeks on average. But hate-filled words or abusive words, they can last a lifetime. Proverbs 12, 18 says, listen closely, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. As a dad or as a mom or as anybody, which would you rather be? Someone whose words are like swords or whose words bring healing. When you speak words of life, Dad, when you speak words of love, then your words can refresh your kids like a spring rain refreshes the flowers. Words matter, so choose them well. Trait number five. A godly dad is a man who loves his children Love characterizes every aspect of a godly man's life, but especially characterizes when it involves his children. A godly man will show his kids unconditional love. At the 1992 Barcelona Olympics, we saw the best picture of this. 
Derek Redman, many of you will remember this, had qualified for the semifinals in the 400 meter dash. He had had the fastest time in his heat. He was looking very strong when all of a sudden he pulled up. His hamstring had been torn. Watch his video and you'll see what happened next. Steve Lewis in lane three. Roberto Hernandez out quickly in four. Now down the back stretch. Ismael on the left of the screen is running very, very quickly. And inside of Lewis, Sunday Bada of Nigeria. Derek Redmond, the British record holder and an important member of that British 4 by 400 meter relay team. Look at this. He's going to try to finish his semifinal race. The British have a certain tradition of running, which you have to respect. From the Great Britain pulled up with an injury halfway down the back stretch. He's fighting off those trying to help him to finish the race in his lane. And now the pain too much. swelling throughout Olympic Stadium as Redmond with assistance this time approaches the finish line he had wanted so desperately to reach. That is the Olympic spirit. He was in terrible pain, but Derek Redmond wouldn't quit. He kept hobbling toward the finish line. Surprisingly, he didn't have to finish the race alone. What we didn't see was Derek Redmond's father, Jim, ran from the stands, brushed off security in order to join his son on the track. With tears in both of their eyes, the Redmonds finished the race together. Finishing what would have been impossible by Derek, by himself. But it wasn't impossible anymore because his dad was there when he needed him the most. That's what dads do when they truly love their kids. They run with them. And they carry them when they can't run on their own. Colossians 3, verses 12 through 14 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgives you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Paul said, put on all these virtues. He says, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. He says, bear with each other. And he says, forgive one another when you've got a grievance against someone. And then he says, what I want you to do is I want you to tie all of these up together using love. Agape love. And our kids need those virtues in their lives. They need us to model them. They need us to show them how to live them, and then they need to see how love is that one aspect that pulls all of these things together. 
Our kids need those virtues and the love that will hold them together. And they need them from us. They need them from their dad. A godly dad needs to love his son. In her book, Boys Should Be Boys, Dr. Meg Meeker writes, our boys live in a world that squanders the sacred to protect the profane. That is exactly what happens when we don't teach boys about God. This shows itself when boys develop ideas about love. For boys whose reference points are profane, as in popular culture, love is essentially sex, and it is transient and superficial. Boys who follow this path feel empty because they have a fragmented notion of what love really is. But interestingly, that boys with a strong traditional religious belief are much more likely to regard God as the source of absolute love, or what we might call perfect love. They know that love is not all about sex or even about romance. It's about caring. It's about empathy. It's about doing what is right. Man, we could, we could sure use a, a real heavy dose of that today. Everyone wants to experience being loved without conditions. And our sons need to see that from us. They need to know what the model is. And the only place they're really going to see it is how their dad loves them. To be loved simply, without conditions, because our sons exist, to extend unconditional love, one has to be emotionally sound themselves. And they must expect to receive nothing in return. But our sons need that. A godly dad needs to love his daughter as well. In her book, Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, Dr. Meeker writes, a daughter identifies easily with her mother, but you are a mystery to her, dad. You are her first love. So the early years of your relationship with her are crucial. The love you give her is her starting point. You have other loves in your life, but she doesn't. Every man who enters her life will be compared to you. Every relationship she has with a man will be filtered through her relationship with you. So dad, if you have a good relationship with your daughter, she will choose boyfriends who will treat her well, treat her with respect and honor. But if you're cold and distant and unaffectionate toward her, she'll find it hard to express love in healthy ways. Our kids desperately need us to love them in an unconditional way. A godly man will give guidance to his kids, and that's a form of love. In an article from the Medical Institute for Sexual Health, Dr. Jay Geed, chief of brain imaging in child psychiatry branch of the National Institute of Mental Health, Dr. Geed has spent more than 13 years performing MRIs and studying the brains of more than 1,800 kids. Not exactly my lane I want to run in, but through 
high-powered MRI technology, Dr. Geed has discovered the adolescent brain, while fully grown in size, is still a long way from maturity. Listen to what the article said. Long after the size of the brain is established, it continues to undergo major stages of development. One of the last regions of the brain to mature is the prefrontal cortex, home of the so-called executive functions, things like planning, setting priorities, organizing thoughts, suppressing impulses, and weighing the consequences of one's actions. This means the part of the brain young people need the most to develop good judgment and decision-making develops last. According to new studies, the prefrontal cortex usually does not reach the level of genuine maturity until someone reaches their mid-twenties. It's sort of unfair to expect teens to have have adult levels of organizational skills or decision-making before the brains are finished being built. This means our sons and daughters need our guidance more than they really know. They need our coaching. And this includes especially when it comes to spiritual matters or what we would call discipleship. Your kids may be involved around here in children's ministry or student ministry. And they may be in a normal setting around here maybe an hour, two hours, maybe as much as three hours or more every week. But if you add all that up, That's only somewhere around 52 to 156 hours a year, which isn't much when you think there are over 8,700 hours in every year. Now, we we have awesome teams in children's ministry and student ministry, and they do great work with our kids. But they're not going to be even remotely capable of discipling your kids in one or two, maybe three hours a week. It's just not possible. But what we can do is assist parents, come alongside them to help them better disciple your kids, you discipling your kids. Your kids need you to lead them spiritually. And dad, this isn't just mom's responsibility. In fact, scripture looks to you. Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 and 7 says, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Moses said, These commandments should be on our hearts. Mom, Dad, they should be on our hearts. And when we're with our kids, wherever it is, around the house, along the road, whatever, it says impress those things, these commandments, on our children's hearts. That's called discipling. And that's our calling, to help them understand the best decisions to make. They're not going to be perfect, and neither are we. But together, we're going to make progress. And I really want to challenge you dads out there. Take time to invest in your kids spiritually and watch them grow and become all that God has called them to be. Let me close with this. 
1988 Summer Olympics, they were held in Seoul, South Korea. Ben Johnson of Canada set a new Olympic, world, a new Olympic record and a new world record in the 100-meter dash. Our American star, Carl Lewis, who was favored, came in second. And most who watched the race were shocked that he didn't win the gold. But after the race, the judges learned that Ben Johnson had an illegal substance in his body. He ran the race illegally, so the judges took away his gold medal, stripped him of his world record. And though he ran faster than anyone else that day and made an unforgettable impression in that moment, he didn't deserve the reward of running the race because he cheated. You know, there are many things that can cause you and I to take our eyes off being a godly dad. There are a lot of things that can cause us to not finish well. Don't be disqualified. Dad, I want you to listen to what I'm saying today and lean into it. Being a godly dad can seem overwhelming. Nobody's calling you to be perfect. Some of you may be thinking, though, I'm nothing like this man you've been describing. So much time has passed, and I've made so many mistakes. I'm so far behind in being who I should be. I'll never catch up. But the truth is you can. You are never so far behind that God can't catch you up. So call on God today. Ask him for forgiveness. Repent means to change direction. Start following him. You've been going in the wrong direction. Turn and start following him. And start living today the life of a godly dad. You can do it, dad. Your kids are counting on you. Let's pray together. God, we are grateful for our dads. And as I think about in this moment, I think about my dad. Left a great impression on me. I wish he was here today that I could tell him thanks. Tell him how much I love him. But not all of us had great dads. Some of us had good dads. Some of us had dads that would probably fall in the category of bad dads. And some of us had dads somewhere in between. But the one thing we can celebrate is that our dad gave us life. He was part of that. And so we celebrate the blessing of our dads, whether it was the way they raised us or maybe it was just a simple thank you for the life he gave me. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the grace that you offer every dad who feels He's missed opportunities with his kids. Maybe he feels he's blown it. God, thank you that your mercies are new every single day. We're never so far behind that you can't help us catch up. So stir every dad who's watching this with passion to be the dad you designed them to be. And God, they will leave an eternal impact on their children that will last for generations to come. And I don't think there's anything more satisfying in knowing that you made 
eternal difference in your own kids' lives. God, I pray that that would be the life goal of every dad watching today. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Next Sunday, June the 28th, right in here, 1045. We've been in here 16 weeks by ourselves. It is time, and we are so excited, as Micah mentioned earlier in the service. I can't wait to see you. Next Sunday, June 28th, 1045, one service. I hope you'll join us. See you then. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in with us today. Be sure you're staying connected by following NCC Lex on all social media platforms. Also, if you'd like more information on what it means to be a follower of Jesus, drop us a message on social or just shoot an email over to notes to at nccleggs.org. You guys have a blessed week and we'll see you soon.